Hello, Stargazers. Welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take any topic that is astrological or related to relationships and romance. I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology, otherwise known as Love or Relationship Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Mizek, and I'm so glad that you guys have joined me for today. Well, Stargazers, I decided to not go with music tonight because for some reason the audio quality function on Podbean is really not doing so hot. Um, it's kind of the bars are registering as though I'm really loud, the piano music's really soft, so I think there's something wonky going on right now in the, the universe. Like maybe the retrograde plants are wobbling a little bit and causing the earth to wobble as well. So um, I'll just try to do the best that I can for this evening or for today's episode as well and just kind of take it from there. So since the sun had moved from fair-minded Libra as of the 23rd of October to the sign of Scorpio, it is now time for that chart of the moment, the Scorpio edition of the chart of the moment. So um, I just also want to say to uh, the idea, so with the apology for Virgos, I know I came down on you guys rather hard. But Virgos, you guys actually, on the nice flip side, you inspired a great idea, which is maybe future episodes, I can actually cover each sign, the chart of the moment for each sign and what it looks like maybe for, since we started for Libra, maybe we can go for, or sorry, not Libra, we can, uh, since we started with Virgo, we can go with Libra the next time. And then Scorpio and on throughout all the, the 12 signs so that each sign can feel a little bit you know, kind of heard in, in the moment um, for a little while or just you know, not even for a little while. Just, just feel heard in that in the chart of the moment there. So uh, keep it, you know, stay tuned for that. And yeah, I, I can't I, you know, honestly, I think that's a that would be a good, good series of, of episode ideas. But since today is within Scorpio, we'll just go ahead and launch right into it. So right now with the sun in Scorpio, when it comes to relationships at this time, so I think I had mentioned this within um, Scorpio season, the Scorpio season episode back about a year ago, but, um, you know, to really kind of refresh on that, our season within Scorpio is moving from a season of fairness, of trying to hear everybody, of really trying to inspire love and romance and kindle that, which is usually pretty predominant in Libra, to actually taking that love and that passion and that romance to a much deeper level with Scorpio. Scorpio is big about probing. So a lot, I would not be surprised when it comes to the season if there are loads of statements that a significant other will say like, hey, I love you to the moon in the back or I love you a thousand percent and the significant other may counter with it with, okay, prove it. Okay. What does it mean to love me to the moon and back? Prove that. Show me, show me what it means to, to be loved to the moon and back. Or you love me a thousand percent. What's it? What's a thousand percent? Show that to me. Prove that to me. And what the season's really going to challenge us to do is to really think outside the box and really provide that proof, uh, really kind of show as opposed to tell. 
um, as many uh, writing classes, actually as an aspiring screenwriter. I remembered like in my 20s, when I first started writing, there was a lot of show me, don't tell me. And I feel like that's definitely the emphasis with Scorpio season. So with that said, um, really, like I said, just thinking outside the box, really showing and really emphasizing your love, your affection and everything um, that your significant other would really not only like to hear and like to see, but you know, anything that's original is really going to be favored uh, this season as opposed to just the the cliched and the contrived. If you are guilty for buying a Hallmark card um, to show or a dozen roses to show your, your significant other that you really value them, that's really not going to work this season. Again, um, novel, original, yet very romantic ways are really what's kind of called for or what's really required within this season. So um, again, really think outside the box. Also a Scorpio, it is a very passionate sign. So passion, as much as I don't like chemistry, it's not that I don't like chemistry, Chemistry can actually provide a good place in a good time, very much like with sex. It can actually rekindle romance. It can have its place. It can have its time. But as a relationship, I just argue that it's not everything. You know, relationships are not uh, Freyra and um, I'm spacing his name out from A Court of Thorns and Roses. Feyre and Tamlin or even Feyre and Rosand in a court of thorns and roses, um, where it's just all passion and grabbing at each other and kissing each other and, you know, just feeling the heat between each other's bodies. You know, I mean, that has a place, but that's not the whole of a relationship. But within this season with Scorpio, um, it's going to be a lot about rekindling that passion in the relationship. So any way in which you, it, I, and I don't want to say just hop into bed having sex. I mean, any way in which you can actually express that you really value your significant other. Intimacy is also just a sense of closeness as well, too. So really rekindling that, I think, are also going to be really, really, really big themes within Scorpio season. So in my notes, I had mentioned that uh, Mercury really rebounded very quickly after being in retrograde in Virgo for quite some time. And that's pretty common with Mercury, uh, usually stays retrograde for about a week and a half, and then it you know, kind of bounces back into another sign. But uh, actually, I mentioned this because um, it is actually now in Scorpio as well. And it is now conjunct Mars uh, within Scorpio as well. The sun is not conjunct within this, which is a good thing, actually. Um, but uh, it is sharing that same space. So therefore sharing that same energy. So the one thing that I do see, the positive as well as the negative when it comes to Mars conjunct uh, Mercury, and I think I'm also going to add to that it's also in opposition to Uranus and Jupiter at this time as well. So yeah, Uranus retrograde, Jupiter retrograde, they're both, they're having some fun right now with some of the, with some of the other planets, like a, lot, a little too much fun in the chart right now. 
But uh, with Mercury conjunct Mars, what I'm kind of seeing right now is that, um, well, first off, you know, with Mars being in Scorpio, I'm actually seeing a shift from people being very passive aggressive as they were within Mars and Libra and really just trying, you know, being passive aggressive for, you know, kind of keeping the, the scales balanced to now being very upfront and being honest. You know, there's, there's a lot of honesty. And actually, I've been seeing that in play within this last week as well, uh, whereas a lot of people usually kind of kept quiet, especially during uh, Mars and Libra for whatever grievance they might have had with me, now out here comes. And I think the biggest reason for why is that um, Mars is actually now in its natural spot within Scorpio, because Scorpio is not only ruled by Pluto, but also ruled by Mars as well, too. So this is, um, I think this season we're going to see a lot more frankness. Um, if there's something on someone's mind, they will not hesitate to say it. Uh, is what I'm kind of seeing. Um, even if it's in a business setting, it's like instead of just, hey, you guys have been going off on this project, it's more going to be along the lines of, you know what, you guys are going off on this project. I'm really not appreciating or I'm sensing that you guys are going off on this project and I really am not appreciating this. This sounds like you're trash talking the project and so on and so forth. So with that sense of honesty, I know with some signs, like with me as a Leo, I love to know where I stand. I hate it when people are passive aggressive. In fact, I hated it with Mars and Libra because um, it reminded me both pre of both pre and post 9-11. Actually, with pre and post 9-11, um, Mars was actually in Sagittarius, which is an equally passive aggressive sign at times at a shadow side. But um, it just reminded me of that time where it was damned if I do, damned if I don't. I hate walking on pins and needles and eggshells. I don't know about you guys, but I really personally, I can't stand it. And I'd rather like take a, a sledgehammer to the passive aggression and cut it through as opposed to just allow it to persist. But um, I really feel like this season will be kind of, you know, even though the Mars and Scorpio might kind of raise a little bit of an eyebrow with me, um, you know, just due to rather, you know, Mars's impulsive side, it's in his natural element as well. Um, I really, the one thing that I can value is just the honesty, uh, you know, it'll just be very refreshing to have those who are normally passive aggressive actually be a little more honest, a little more upfront. Um, for those who are mainly um, water types. So I think with water types, um, Mercury and Mars is actually trined a lot of your planets, especially your sun's position, if it should be in it. However, the bluntness and the frankness of Scorpio sometimes can rub, like I'm thinking of Cancerians or Pisceans. It might rub, you know, like the, the frankness of everybody, um, and I mean like everybody, even those who are not Scorpios, is going to come out. And sometimes that frankness, especially maybe like for Cancerians and for Pisceans, it might just be a little too much. It might feel like everyone's just being vulgar and rude and just um, a little too TMI, and it, it might be a little bit rough for those types. I also could see where most of the earth signs, particularly Virgo, 
Um, but also I think Taurus and Capricorn could share this as well too, where they actually might also object where people might be a little too TMI or might take the honesty a little too far um, to where it might, they might feel as though it offends their sensibilities and uh, they would rather that people kind of remain semi passive aggressive or at least in a fine balance between passive aggressive and frank, you know, being like constructively frank as well, too. So what I would just say with the Mars's position, even though it's causing everybody to be more frank, well, I personally find this refreshing. Again, not everybody does. So I would just say, be aware of what you're saying before you say it. And particularly since Mars as well as Uranus. So we'll get into Uranus in just a moment, but with Mars, it's especially conjunct uh, Mercury at this time. Mercury rules communication as well too. I would just say be aware of communicating, like just um, kind of run the communication through your head at first before you actually say something to someone, uh, just in case it might be, construed rather differently. You know, like for example, at work, you might think that there is a particular joke or a particular witticism that might come across as being funny to you. But um, like say when it comes to your coworkers and, you know, within the season, they might see that the joke, you know, humor is such a personal thing. So what they what you might see as funny might be seen as crass or inappropriate. Um, at this particular time. So just kind of, like I said, just run it through your head. Um, if it's deliberately offensive at all, or kind of controversial, borderline controversial, maybe it might need to be tabled. You might want to share that witticism, maybe with a close friend or close family member, and maybe just leave it to your close-knit group and not really share it at work. I just don't want to see a lot of people losing their jobs, or I just don't want to see a lot of people get into a lot of trouble because of the faults, the default mode of impulse that's kind of occurring uh, within the chart of the moment. The other instigator of impulse, I mean, as if Mars is not enough with Mercury, there is also Uranus uh, that is in opposition to both Mercury and Mars which all it does is really heighten the impulse and the eroticism of Mars um, to where people not only say things, but I also see that when um, impulse comes into play, people aren't really, th aren't really thinking very well. A good example of this, um, definitely along a relationship note, it might be just on the general relationship scene, but I remembered on Halloween, I was driving home from work and uh, there was one guy, I, I could see him in his windshield. He was that close, but he thought it was so humorous. You know, I was sticking to the right-hand side of the lane, but he thought it was so humorous to drive across the lanes and almost hit me dead on in the front of my car. And I could see that it was so humorous for him because I could see him through his windshield. He was laughing his ass off as I slammed on my brakes. Um, I'm just going to say this much, Stargazers. I could tell that this, I do live near DU, which is a rich kid's school. 
And I could tell this was an example of a typical rich kid situation. Hey, I'll deliberately cause an accident so that I can use my nifty pre-law sort of skills in order to fight my way out of any repercussions that should be made. And, and then as if that's not enough, injure and further wreck someone's car who's already been wrecked in another car accident. Um, you know, furthermore, this person might have thought, gee, I'm playing chess. I'm not playing checkers, especially when I argue I'll be playing chess, not checkers. From someone who's actually learning to improve her chess game, I'm just going to say this to you. Well, so Mars and Uranus are inspiring you, first and foremost, to do something that's wildly stupid. And I'll say this much, too, about chess, not checkers. For someone who is actually um, going so far as to improve her chess game, to deliberately cause an accident is like throwing your queen out on the first move. You're not only subjected to having that queen punished, but also captured by your opposing force, knowing how brutal chess strategy and how brutal chess can be. It's a really dumb move. It's the same thing if you throw out a really high ranking piece without a really sound strategy. Also, not to say some really wonderful chess skills. So my translation to this one, um, you know, the more you could throw out, you know, so like kind of choosing to go into an accident is like throwing out your queen. She will be captured by your opponent. Um, you think you're just going to argue your way out of an accident? If you're the one who caused the accident, the police in Denver at least punish you that much more. And, you know, talking about legal matters, if I should have been in another car accident with another injury, it would have been Frank Azar material, where not only would I have taken you to court, but good chance when I had taken you to court, I would have won because guess what? You started an accident and there's no way of arguing out of that. When you start an accident, that's almost like starting. It's actually, I think it's considered to be vehicular up there with vehicular murder. It's like almost deliberately trying to run over pedestrians. I think it's up there with murder. You know, it is very punishable. So the one person who, you know, you think you're going to look smart and omnipotent, I would think again, okay, it, you, you end up looking really stupid. And as if that's not enough, you end up looking like you know nothing about chess. You're just pretending to know anything about chess. So do not start with, I'm playing chess, not checkers with me. But aside from that, let me roll back my my box, my soapbox. But, you know, I, I mentioned this because Uranus and Mars, especially in, you know, with Mercury in position of Mercury, it causes people to think this delusionally. Like I can, I can get into an accident and I can get away with it. Or I can say something really crass and really stupid and get away with it. Or I can say something really barbed and really cutting and getting away with it. And, you know, the only thing that's really the rationale is that you're just moved by the moment. You, you know, like Uranus is just Uranus and Mars together. They're kind of pushing you in the moment. And you're not really, again, thinking very clearly about 
the full picture. And I think that's also where um, Jupiter kind of gets, you know, that's the kind of the crux right now with Jupiter is that the full picture is not being seen. The full bird's eye view is also not being seen within the situation with this opposition. So I, I feel like the best way to really repair this opposition, and it's a wild one, really think about... So going back to chess, because I've been, I've actually been um, rekindling, getting a rekindling interest on chess strategy and chess game and effective chess game. And by the way, I really love, if you guys are ever interested to, chess.com is really awesome to not only play a chess game, but they also have like chess puzzles to help you with your strategy and help you with your game. It's, it's just a really awesome site. I can't say enough good things about them. I mean, I could say loads of good things and I just feel like it wouldn't be enough. So, but, uh, with my lessons with chess, chess is a game of thought. And when it comes to life, life is also a game of pre-planning and thought. You really, like, even if you walk into a chess match or you walk into a game, you think you know you have strategy, you still have to think it twice. You still have to rethink it three times. And you still also have to think in the moment as well. So when you're doing something, what I would just say is with Uranus and Mars and also with Mercury right now, with that opposition, the best thing that you can do, so like the example above, you know, if you feel like it's really cool to come to a near-miss accident and you think it's really funny, think about the consequences. Think about how hilarious the consequences will be. The police will be called. You'll have to exchange you know, insurance information. And as if that's not enough because you deliberately caused an accident, you're going to be paying for all the damages as well as all the injuries that were associated with the accident. As if that's not enough, if you're not arguing your best, which if you're also drunk, by the way, which I was convinced this guy was, you are drunk, you're not only going to get a breathalyzer test from the cops, but you're also going to be arrested for driving under the influence. You're also going to be arrested for deliberately causing an accident, which again, like I said, that's almost like causing a murder. Um, you know, you might, I mean, forget about a summons, forget about a fine, forget about a ticket. You could be potentially arrested. You know, it's like, I think the best thing to think about with this is, is it worth it? And if you're just like, well, no, and these these situations, Sandra, seem a little far-fetched, it's like, it's better to think far more far-fetched and to think about the ultimate consequence than to go through with the action and then be caught with surprise. I feel like to go through with the action anyway, you're not only falling under the influence of Uranus and Mars, you're playing checkers, my friend. You're not playing chess. So pre-plan what the heck you want to do before you start going sporadically in the moment. 
And the same thing um, about, you know, when it comes to communication right now, instead of just saying the first barred, sharp, crass thing that you can think of when you're kind of in tension between Uranus, Mars, and then also with Mercury um, conjunct Mars, really rethink about your plan of action, you know, kind of like really rethink about your witticisms, really rethink about your jokes, make sure that they're appropriate because they might not land. And if they don't land well, there's a, you know, kind of think of the load of consequences that might happen. The other thing that we do that's also done within chess and how that can affect within life is just really, really, really kind of really thinking about you know, thinking ahead towards the future and seeing, again, is it really like, is this move, is putting this bishop in capturing this pawn really worth it? I might be threatening the king, but is it really worth it? Am I going to sacrifice this bishop? Is the sacrifice going to make room for more pieces? Okay. And I think the same thing when it comes to life, is this really worth it? And if it's really not, I would just say, table it, and wait for a better time for that joke or, you know, causing accidents. I would just say maybe you should uh, drink. Maybe you shouldn't drink when you're uh, maybe you just shouldn't drink at all. If you're going to be behind the wheel, maybe you should have a designated driver. And if you're if you swear up and down that you were sober, then maybe you shouldn't uh, cause accidents because one day it will bite you. And the consequences are going to be, I mean, I'm sorry, after facing one accident, that's already a mess. To deliberately cause an accident, that's going to be a huge mess. And I think that mess is something that you want to really consider in advance. Maybe just run through it by your mind, in your head, and not really have it happen to you in life. Trust me, stargazers, this is going to, you know, like I said, it's just going to help, you know, with future headache, you know, just do the things that, you know, do the, the things that your present self can do now that can help your future self and make your future self happy, I think is going to be the best thing when it comes to um, Mars conjunct Mercury and in opposition of Uranus and Jupiter at this time. And it'll help you see the worldview picture, too, when you start to think more along the lines of real chess, where you're thinking about your actions, um, you think about the consequences of your actions before they even happen, that starts to build a bigger worldview. And that's where I think that's going to help you um, when it comes to this month, especially when it comes to relationships. So that we're not having premature broken feelings or heart, you know, premature heartache or just anything else that could get you into trouble. And uh, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see see any more of that. The other um, transit right now or in the chart of the moment is that um, Venus is actually in Virgo. Um, so with that said... While Virgos and Scorpios technically do get along because they're sextile each other, the relationship scene is going to be further. Not only is there going to be passion and intimacy rekindled, but a lot of people may be feeling as though they need to keep everyone at arm's length for a little bit until they can better trust you. Um, that's usually, I, I speak from experience because guess where my Venus position is in my nail chart. 
Yep, it's always in Virgo. And I know I always um, approach new social situations, whether it's at work or whether it's a different friend or if it's, um, you know, just even a relationship. I usually have to kind of keep everybody at arm's length just in case. You know, there's just just in case measures, you know, can I trust this person? Is this person um, going to treat me well? Are the circumstances um, going to treat me a-okay? Just kind of mulling over situations before going into relationships. I wouldn't be, you know, within this month, I'm kind of seeing that that's the case with everybody around within relationships that, you know, whether it's in dating, whether it's your friendship group whether it's at work, a lot of people are my, are going to be putting distance between you and themselves. Um, you know, really what I would just say with this, it might cause just a little bit of tension. Um, even though technically this is actually semi, this is actually sextile, um, the Scorpio season. But um, one thing I would just say is don't take it too personally. Um, a lot of people are weighing their decisions in relationships or they're finding that they're weighing those decisions with relationships because of that Venus position being in Virgo. And like I said, Virgo can be very astute, very observant, but um, within that, of course, like I said, also very reserved, kind of cool and reserved as well too. And that might also be kind of the um, relationship scene. Uh, Patience will be golden in the situation as well. If somebody's kind of icy or cool to you at first, kind of give them some time to warm up to you, kind of give them some time to kind of get your vibe, whether or not they do like you, whether or not they want to proceed, and then proceed slowly. You know, your relationships will be, if they, when they do proceed, they will proceed very slowly. I would just say just have some patience, kind of go along with it and just see where it goes. Um, I think a very careful relationship is better than a very careless relationship. Uh, that's, of course, just according to kind of me a little bit since I have Venus and Virgo. But, um, you know, again, I think the slow burn of a relationship or the slowness, a slow fire as opposed to a raging bonfire, I think, you know, it, it just it kind of helps both of you to remain um, rather steady and it just kind of helps the relationship to kind of simmer as opposed to become explosive or what, what have you when it comes to, you know, very quick relationships. Um, and relationships that, like I said, will be very slow in coming as well, too. But I think that'll be good because you guys will get to know one another. And I think that'll, that'll be a good benefit for you. So Pluto also um, is coming into focus within this chart of the moment. Because it is not in retrograde, which I say, yay! Oh, my goodness. When it was in retrograde, for me, this was an intense Pluto retrograde, intense period all the way around. But with Pluto um, not being in retrograde at this time, this is a great time to really reflect and really see like what sort of lessons you may have learned, like what sort of soul deep uh, probing lessons you may have learned within these last five months, actually. Um so I think really where that comes to in relationships, 
uh, how you've learned how to handle conflict, um, how you've handled how to learn, uh, like what did you learn when it came to handling conflict? What did you learn when it has come to relationships? Maybe what, what did you learn when it comes to communicating effectively? And also what really, like what are the, the, the greatest nuggets that you pulled out of Pluto retrograde? And, you know, for me personally, I, um, kind of, saw human design. It was actually during my last episode, um, research during my last episode, uh, in which one individual actually mentioned human design and the gene keys or otherwise known as the gateways. I actually started looking more into it and they're great, um, especially with the gene keys because they mentioned the shadow side of the gene key and then the higher side, which is supposed to be in your human design plan. Um, you know, and reflecting on these guys, it actually does help for me to lift out of typical traps that I usually get into, especially at work, or just typical traps that I usually get into and just trying to think, you know, how to get from point A to point B, you know, to the more enlightened version of yourself. So um, I think that's one thing that I learned kind of late in Pluto retrograde. Also, just how to handle things and, again, think through things a bit better. But, yeah, I think really this is a great time where, you know, with Pluto going direct, you know, this is a great time to really kind of use those things that you really had, those nuggets of information that you really had learned when it came to Pluto retrograde and how that affects relationships. I think you can be a deeper person. And a more compassionate person as well in the relationship as opposed to just being, trying to be all powerful, all omnipotent, needing to be right all the time. You know, you can bring some more insight and some more um, deeper meaning into the relationship as well. Pluto is also near square. And I say near square because it's 27 degrees Capricorn. So I'd say that it's near square because it's close to, to Aquarius. Um, and the current position with Mars, Mercury, and the Sun, as we mentioned earlier, is also in Scorpio. I mentioned this in my notes, and I, I love it. I don't like it. I really don't. With Pluto squared Mars and Mercury and the Sun, especially Pluto squared Mars, the one thing that I see when I see any sort of hard aspect between, between Pluto and Mars is accident prone. And obviously we saw, I, like I said, I saw that on Halloween with somebody deliberately thinking it's so funny to, you know, scare people and deliberately try to get into accidents. Just imagine if this guy were on the highway. I, I don't think that's going to, that's going to end too well, but uh, other situations too, you know, such as just getting into accident accidents as well to or being prone to more accidents. I think the accidents happening could be like saying, again, saying something hurtful, saying something cutting when you think that it's really funny and getting into a lot of trouble, or even if it's deliberately meant to happen, um, getting into a lot of trouble and then you're kind of regretting it um, a little bit later. I also see that there's a lot of intensity on gaining power, um, potentially saying destructive things. My recent example of this was obviously with um, the, so the, the solar eclipse episode. I came down rather hard on Virgos. 
And let's just say right after I published the episode, it was, ooh, I should not have said that. And it was already out there. So it was like, okay. Um, so again, you know, I think the best thing to do with this transit, especially, you know, um, with the destructiveness of Pluto, you know, especially, you know, kind of squared the sun, um, thinking things that are destructive, saying things that are destructive with Mercury and also having Mars emphasizing that being also a little impulsive. I think the best thing to really do right now, again, kind of that chest planning, thinking about what you say, how you say it, when to say it before you actually do say it. Um, and really thinking about the consequences, thinking about the whole full picture. And I think also with Pluto, um, Pluto's also good at probing. So I think with the probing aspect of Pluto, really digging deep, like where is this hurt coming from? Like if you're about ready to say something hurtful, where is it actually coming from? Or like this need to deliberately get into an accident with somebody, where is that coming from? And really maybe get on top of maybe there's an underlying issue or there's an underlying trauma or there's some underlying feeling um, involved. And, you know, the more that you can kind of get on top of that and fix that, I think you're going to come to even deeper insights than just watch your words. I think, you know, again, watching your words comes with a great um, lesson in and of itself right there but also going a little deeper and seeing why, why am I feeling this way and that way? And then furthermore, what can I do to fix this? I think will be far more transformative, especially within Scorpio season, um, as opposed to just watching your words the whole entire time. So definitely indulge in that. And I think that's going to benefit all relationships. When we not only, you know, question what's causing the hurt, what's causing the pain, but how can I fix the, this world of pain? How can I fix this hurt? It's definitely going to help um, all the way around. I think for me in reflecting, there have been times where I've noticed that I really, um, you know, like if I'm really mad at somebody, um, I really feel like I'm going back to my childhood years in school where I was taunted and I was teased and I was made fun of because I had a learning disability. And those painful memories, you know, especially if I'm talked down to by an employer or I'm talked down to by somebody, um, it just that the reason why I feel like I react so violently inside myself and you're not like physically violent, but just I'm about, I'm trying to curb some really nasty words from coming out is because of that wound from childhood. The one thing, the biggest things that I'm trying to do right now for myself in order to kind of heal that wounded child, if you may, is really to prove how I'm capable, how I'm smart you know, not only listing examples of what I was able to accomplish with my life. You know, it's like, if I were stupid, I wouldn't hold a bachelor's degree. If I were stupid, I wouldn't hold a barber's license. If I were so stupid, I wouldn't be hosting this podcast. And if I were really stupid, I wouldn't be living, leading the life that I'm living right now. 
Um, you know, so, some of those encouraging situation, or those encouraging sort of words for me, um, you know, that encouraging pep talk sort of tone really has kind of helped. And then, you know, obviously playing some chess, doing some things that kind of feed the brain a little bit more and help my memory to improve and really like help me to be a little more present also um, has helped me to really heal that childhood wound. So really my, um, my example of the childhood wound is really um, an example of how to probe in or how to use this uh, Pluto influence to probe inward and really transform the hurt inside instead of just letting it seethe and seep and cause other problems down the line. And I feel like the more that I try to heal that little child, the less resentful I am of people and the less that people talking down to me, small-minded people talking down to me, the less that they have power, the less that they have effect. And I'm especially starting to notice that a little bit with chess. Um, you don't want your opponent to see you sweat. You don't want your opponent to see you lose your cool. So don't let them. <laughs> and, you know, you don't also don't want your opponent to see through your strategy. So cover it up. Don't let them. And I think that that's also um, another key thing when it comes to healing that um, inner child. Um, you know, don't let them see your wound. Don't let them wound you as they're intending to do as well. So with all these squares and oppositions and conjunctions, and I mean, it's kind of intense. It was kind of intense taking a look at the chart of the moment this week. The rewards that we have is that Saturn retrograde is actually near trying the Sun, Mercury, and Mars. So what I'm seeing is the more that we work on the impulse and the more that we work on the power mongering and the destructive tendencies that we kind of find ourselves within um, relationships, the more that we're able to find the structure to kind of curb that impulse and really kind of help us to, to lead us to better decisions when it comes to relationships. Um, I think the structure of Saturn really kind of helps us to kind of go back to simplicity and to modes of like structure um, and really kind of keeping, keeping relationships polite, keeping relationships intact, um, you know, kind of considering the brass tacks of the relationship, like who takes out the garbage, who fixes the door. I think even matters such as, um, you know, you usually help me when it comes to the door. How can I help you this time um, when it comes to the trash? Or how can I help you this time when it comes to said obligation in the relationship? And really just uh, finding that structure amidst the the chaos of Mars and Uranus and Pluto in there, you know, the, the amidst the eroticism and the power mongering, I, I think, you know, really there comes, there is a potential for a lot of structure. And I think, again, that structure um, also comes from really going deep inside, bringing your hydras to light um, in, in true Scorpio theme here, bringing those hydras into light, causing them to turn into jewels and um, really just doing what you can to be as present and as full in the relationships or in all relationships possible. Also, um, Jupiter conjunct Uranus is also trined Venus at this time. 
And that usually kind of indicates that um, while relationships are taking a very slow burn at this time too, everyone's looking far more attractive and far more appealing than usual because of that combination um, or this combination between those planets. And it's a very unlikely combination. It's a very wild one. But one I think that will also benefit. Um, there's a lot of ways in which you can look more appealing and more attractive. It's not just having a size zero waist. It's not just having a big booty. It's not just having, you know, slim legs or, you know, looking, you know, very attractive. You know, there are some things that um, can be unconventionally attractive, like you're really smart and somebody really admires how smart you are or say that you really shoot from the hip. You kind of, you're very honest, you're very frank and somebody really values that and they could use someone who is frank and who's super honest in their life. Um, you know, like I said, when it comes to the attractiveness and if you're doubting that at all, I know I've come into the slump myself. You know, due to the fact that I'm taking antidepressants, I've gained weight. I've had to consistently watch my weight, watch what I eat, make sure I'm exercising, make sure I'm taking good care of myself and that I don't look sloppy and like I'm just neglecting my health. Um, but, you know, with that said, I know it's kind of a challenge to kind of take a look at how you're attractive. But when you feel that you're in the slump, I think what Venus um, particularly trined uh, Jupiter conjunct Uranus, what they're kind of reminding you is take a look at the bigger picture of you and take a look at the unconventional forms or the non-physical realms of beauty and perfection. And you might find that you have one personality quirk that only a few people, like those few special people, can really appreciate. And, you know, with that one quirk, I think that really narrows out the frogs from the princes or the frogs from the princesses, if you're thinking about friends as well, too. And, um, you know, really kind of, um, it, it really kind of just helps you in turn in life. So I think that's just a, another way to see how you're attractive. Uh, it's not just on the physical realm. It could just be something like a characteristic or trait that that really makes you stand out and really makes you special. Well, Stargazers, I really do hope this chart of the moment was informative and helpful. As always, do not be afraid to look up at the stars. Um, the moon is still waning. And again, with the, you know, with the stars, it just helps us to realign be far more still, be far more present, um, especially if life is throwing you lemons or if it's just throwing you a lot of chaos. Um, it's a way to get away from that chaos. But we also see the origins of astrology as well, too, by looking up at those heavens and where those 12 zodiacal signs came from, the constellations that are in the sky of them. So um, that's always a good thing. But above all, stargazers, be very careful out there, especially on the roads. Um, as mentioned, and I think what's heightened within the chart of the moment, you don't know where people's heads are. You don't know. I mean, I hate to say this with a, you know, podcast devoted to relationships, but truly, I just don't know what a lot of people are thinking right now, especially since we're coming close to an election season. I'm not sure what people are thinking. I'm not sure what other individuals are thinking. 
Um, and you know, I think it's just good to be a little cautious, uh, especially if you're in a car, just be a little extra careful since it seems like a lot of people are not making the best of decisions behind the wheel. But, um, above all, I also hope, um, more than anything that you guys are nice and well, that you're not only safe, but that you're nice and well and whole, um, and healed as well too. If you had been through anything, um, that you're nice and healed. And that, like I said, above all, that you're at your, that really you're, you're at a, a, a wonderful place in your life. And above all stargazers between now and next week. I will talk to you then. If you have any questions or comments for Sandra Mizek, you can contact her at either Mizek, uh, that's M-I-S-E-K dot Sandra at gmail.com. You can also contact her at her Instagram page at Sandra dot that is M-I-S-E-K. Also, for as little as $2 a month, you can become a Patreon to this podcast. Visit patreon.com forward slash 7th House Astrology for more details.